The, 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 mantle, the mantle of what heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. Yesterday we talked about we're, we're juxtaposing, we're creating a dichotomy with great intentionality between Jezebel's threat, 1 Kings 19.2, in 24 hours you will die, and Elijah's mantle. So it's the threat versus the testimony. It, and, and yesterday we talked about the mantle of the spirit, the mantle of drought, fire, and rain, and, and the mantle of speaking truth with love. 1 Kings 19.2, I'm going to remind you, Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. I'm going to tell you what happened here, the rest of the story. This is after Elijah's best day ever, hashtag best day ever. This is his great encounter on Mount Carmel. You would assume, and you would assume because there's a logical continuum here, Elijah hears of Jezebel's threat. You would assume for a moment that if you just if you prayed some three years back for a drought and there was a drought, when you prayed for fire, fire came down, and when you prayed for rain, rain came down, you would assume that Elijah, when he heard Jezebel's threat, would respond accordingly and say, who cares? Every time I pray, God answers. So Jezebel said, I swear by my gods, in 24 hours you will die. And Elijah, you would assume, would go like, what? But he didn't. He freaked out. What does that mean from seminary, theologically speaking? It means he freaked out. <laughs> Elijah should have known the following truth. Who speaks into you is much more important than who speaks about you. A distraction is the first step to a disruption. Let me explain. Uh, when, I, when the Alexa Echoes, before the Google things came out, when the Alexa Echo first came out, I did a Planet Shakers conference with Russell Evans. And, and, and in, the, in the gift box, Russell gave me this Alexa Echo. So I brought it back to California. It's like right when it came out. It was right like the thing just came out. And I brought it home. And I brought it home and I set it up. Next day, it's Sunday, I'm en route to church. My lovely bride, my wife, she was, she was I, I was going to say lagging behind, I would be incorrect. My wife was in the process of accommodate. Anyway, she, 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 she did not depart when I departed, so we went in two different vehicles. So, so my wife gives me a call. I'm en route to our campus in Sacramento, and I get this call, and the call was, you know, honey, I can't turn her off. And, and I go, what? She goes, you're Alexa. First of all, that's scandalous. You're Alexa. I can't turn her off. And I'm going, what do you mean? She says, look, I saw what you did yesterday. You set it up. I don't want to unplug it because you took so much time in setting her up. But I, I did everything. I spoke to Alexa. Alexa, turn off. Alexa would have listened to me. Alexa, lower volume. Alexa would have listened to me. She probably went Puerto Rican. Alexa, callate la boca, por favor. And Alexa, <laughs> Alexa would have listened to me. And I explained to her, I interrupted her, and I said, honey, you're wasting your time. She went, this is loud. It doesn't stop. It's, just, it's, it's very loud. I go, listen, you're wasting your time. Why? I said, because I programmed Alexa. It's called voice recognition technology. That the only voice Alexa will respond to will be the voice of the person who mastered the technology in order to speak into Alexa. 
In other words, if Alexa knows better not to respond to unauthorized voices, why, why do we respond to voices that have no authority in our lives? Elijah never understood the reality of the Alexa Echo. As a result, he experienced fear, anxiety, and depression. He literally left the ministry. We find Elijah under a solitary broom tree where God has to feed him and provide for him. Subsequently, we find them on the side of a cave, coming out of a cave on a mountain cliff where God literally says verbatim, quote, Elijah, what are you doing here? By the way, when God asks what you're doing there, you're probably lost. <laughs> Why? Why would Elijah surrender after all the miracles? Because the battle is between your mind and your mantle. The real battle is between your mind and your mantle. The battle is between the thoughts in your head and the calling upon your life. The true battle was between anxiety and anointing. The battle was between your memories and your imagination. The battle was between the hell in your past and the hope for your future. But how many here know, not how many here hope, aspire, feel, or wish, how many know the battle has already been won? 1 Corinthians 50, 57, Christ is our victory. Let nothing move you. Jezebel says, I swear by my gods. Here's the rest of the story here. Today's going to be a, you know, wham, bam, thank you, Sam. No pun intended. It, but here it is. 24 hours, you're dead. This is the way, the quote. In 24 hours, I swear by my gods, you will die. She prophesied. <laughs> Sounded like a prophecy. She even time-stamped it. 24 hours. Here's the story. 24 hours passed. Elijah did not die. 48 hours passed. Elijah did not die. What if I tell you 72 hours passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a week passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a month passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a year passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a decade passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a hundred years passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a thousand years passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you it's been approximately 2,800 years since Jezebel prophesied? And guess who has yet to die? You're going to get this in a second. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. Elijah and Elisha are walking together when all of a sudden a chariot of fire comes in between them. A whirlwind takes the prophet up. And the Bible says this man never died. The next time we see Elijah, Matthew 17, 2, he's taking a selfie with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Havai, I don't know if you understand what God is telling you today. I don't care what hell has declared upon you, your children, your children's children, your children's children's children. It doesn't matter what hell and the devil has declared upon Hawaii, upon America. 
It doesn't matter what hell has declared upon the millennial generation, the Z generation. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. If you believe that, lift up your hands. Let me tell you specifically what this means. Right there, right there, right there. Whatever hell has declared upon your family, the opposite will take place. If the enemy said your entire family will be lost, it only means get ready. You're about to see your entire family saved. No joke, no hype. I don't know if you're ready for this. We are about to see the opposite of what hell has declared become a reality. I don't know if you understand what this means. The enemy said that child of yours. No, it ain't never going to come back to the Lord. Never. Oh, stop that. It only means get ready. Put her on your porch light. Your prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home. Whatever hell has declared upon your life upon your destiny, upon your calling, upon your health, upon your generation, the opposite will take place. Some of you are not even supposed to be here right now. According to Jezebel's declaration, some of you shouldn't even be here right now. If, 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 you, if you interviewed the enemy back in the day about you today in 2022, the enemy would have said, hey, by 2022, some of you right now should be in jail. Some of you right now should be in an alley, all hung over, strung up with drugs. Some of you should be in a bar, drunk right now. Some of you should be in a hospital room. Some of you should be six feet under. But guess what? It's the month of September, the year of our Lord, 2022. You're not in jail. You're not in an alley. You're not in prison. You're not six feet under. You are in God's house lifting up the name of Jesus. Because when heaven starts it, hell can not stop it. If you believe that, shout like you know it. I need you to high five your neighbor. Tell him it's too late now. No, 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 tell them it's too late now. Tell three people it's too late now. Your testimony is proof that the devil is a liar. Your testimony is proof that the devil is a liar. Hey, she said, you're going to die. And he didn't. And he has yet to die. So I get, it doesn't matter whatever the enemy is declaring upon generations. And that, that's why you can't buy into the prophylai. <laughs> from a micro perspective, I talk to you, even at a macro level, so many attempts. It, Nero attempted to make certain that this, the, the, the way, he called it the way, the followers of the way wouldn't survive. And yeah, and Vladimir Lenin, 1917, St. Petersburg Square, communism will outlast the Church of Jesus Christ. Nuremberg, Germany, 1939, the Nazi, the, 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 the Third Reich, they actually stated the Third Reich will outlast Christianity. The Beatles, John Lennon once infamously declared that the Beatles would receive at the end of the day more adoration and more worship than the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit combined. Well... <laughs> Nero's dead. Lenin is dead, Hitler is dead, the Beatles are gone, 
But look around, Inspire Church, the church of Jesus Christ is still alive and well. Because when your integrity is more important than your influence, nothing can stop you. I'll repeat that for the hearing impaired. When your integrity is more important than your influence, nothing can stop you. When you are driven by anointing rather than ambition, nothing can stop you. When your hunger for righteousness is greater than your fear of criticism, nothing can stop you. When you exchange your trauma for a testimony, nothing can stop you. And when your praise speaks louder than your pain, nothing can stop you. Because John 1.5, light shines in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, 1 John 4.4. 4. Because if God before you, who can be against you? Romans 8.31, Colossians 2.15, publicly on the cross, he defeated all the powers and principalities of darkness, making a public spectacle of them. That's the power of the cross. It's the reality. We do. We do live in an age where all the negativity, where the spirit of Jezebel is strong, yelling and threatening the church and threatening Christians and threatening families. And then you hear some pushback even from within the church. And they say, Pastor Sam, but we know there's things rising up and there are different manifestations of darkness. And I go, it doesn't really matter. I, I don't give a holy hoot. At the end of the day, light will always overcome darkness. What, what does that mean? What about if a, a pharaoh rises up? For every pharaoh, there must be a Moses. For every Goliath, there must be a David. For every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Herod, there must be a Jesus. And for every devil that rises up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. We are about to see Elijah's and Elisha rise up like never before. Even coming out of this inspired conference, even coming out of Hawaii, we're about to see Elijah's and Elisha's rise up like never before. New Testament, new covenant, Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered, Elijah's and Elisha rise up. It's going to be powerful. When something took place, as you well know, in America a few months ago. It, it's something that has great spiritual significance. It's not a political issue. Don't let the enemy confuse you with this attempt of saying it's political. Don't address it. Don't no. It's just, just the enemy trying to conflate. But there's an issue that took place. Some of you are cognizant or aware of the fact that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Now, what, what does that mean? What are the implications there? I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. If you like worshiping donkeys or elephant, I worship the lamb who was a lion of the tribe of Judah. But that's not a political issue. In the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which is the overturning of the sanctity of life, it, it, they, they, there's something in the legal world called super precedent. P-R-E-C-E-D-E-N-T. All the lawyers in the house say amen. And the super precedent component is simple. It's established law. So super president is something that, that so permeates the American legal system to such a degree that it would be almost egregious to confront it, modify it, and God forbid, overturn it. Hence the super president. 
Matter of fact, derivative laws are created from super precedent. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, I was in Houston, Texas. The Holy Spirit filled me. The moment it happened, the Spirit of God hit me and said, Samuel, wherever you go, tell them the following. Just like abortion was overturned in America because the church never gave up. I am the God that has the power to overturn everything the devil believes is permanently established. Oh, you're not hearing that. Whatever the devil believed he established in your family for generations to come, our God overturns it. But I'm prophesying over Hawaii. God is overturning what the enemy believed he permanently established over this kingdom. If you believe it, shout like you know it. Overturning. You're not where you used to be because you're not who you used to be. Oh, Elijah and the mantle, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the new you. It is the mantle of when heaven starts and hell cannot stop it. It is the mantle for the next generation. Let me explain. It came a moment. So, you know, God encounters Elijah and there's this, this beautiful, very nuanced, whimsical, grace-filled, Old Testament version of, what are you doing here? And God rebukes Elijah in such a beautiful way, brings him back into the fold of calling, and then Elijah finds Elisha. I need to illustrate this. Um, can you come up here real quick with me? And then this happened. Do me a favor. You're, you're Elisha for this illustration. Let me have that, that, that. You know what? I could use this. I could use this. You're Elisha. So they, then he found this. If, if you do me a favor, lift that up like if you were pushing that plow. All of a sudden, once Elijah gets that revelation, it, Elijah, God says, you're going to find Elisha and you're going to place your mantle on him. So then he comes along. Now, I need to put this in perspective. This is the guy who ends up inheriting the mantle, right? So can I just speak to you prophetically? Um, does the Bible ever say that Elisha ever inherited Elijah's fear? No. no. Uh, does the Bible ever say that Elisha inherited Elijah's depression? No. Yeah. Does the Bible ever say that Elisha inherited Elijah's anxiety? No. no, the Bible only says that Elisha inherited I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face. Your children will not inherit your sins. I don't know if you got that. Your children and your children's children and your children's children, children's 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 children will not inherit your sins. They will inherit your mantle of anointing. So right there, just, just lift it up and keep it there. Keep it right there, that posture right there. And then, oh, 1 Kings 19, 19, let me read it. And Elijah found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. Plowing with the 12 team. When Elijah placed his mantle across his shoulders and then walked away. Uh, let me just break this down for you real quick. He, no conversation. This is like a Netflix series. No dialogue. 
It's not like Elijah said, hi, Elijah. I'm Elijah. God told me I have to anoint you. This is my mantle. It, 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 it is symbolic of the authority from heaven. I'm going to place it on you. Your life's about to radically change. And never happened. Oh, this guy was, he was pushing a plow. Stop for a moment, Hawaii. You need to hear this. He was not binging on Netflix or swiping. He was pushing. This is going to be a little bit hard, but it's the truth. There are people that won the mantle without ever pushing the plow. I'm going to say that one more time. If you've never pushed the plow, don't expect to carry the mantle. If you've never pushed the plow, if you, if you don't know what it is to get up every day and push the plow in your faith, in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your calling, in your generation, but if you know what it is to get up every day and push the plow and break the ground and... Are there any plow pushers in the house? If, if you know what it is to push the plow, raise your hand. Super grinders, people that every single day, you know what it is to push that plow. And, and, and Elisha would have, via the conduit of historical contextualization, we know for a fact that he would have to push the plow on good days and bad days, sunny days and rainy days, happy days and sad days. He would, with the exception of the day of the, of the rest of the Sabbath, he would push the plow. It's not a coincidence that the plow pusher became the mantle carrier. I'm here to tell you why there are a bunch of plow pushers in this house. Can I prophesy to you? I need you to get ready. Some of you have been pushing the plow for months. Some of you have been pushing the plow for years. Some of you, some of you lost count on how many years you've been pushing the plow. Hey, get ready. There is a mantle of anointing, a favor of God's Lift all the plow pushers, lift up both hands. All the plow pushers that are ready for a mantle, lift up both hands and a foot. All the plow pushers that have been waiting for the mantle, lift them up really, really high. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary of doing what is right. In God's appointed time, you will reap a harvest of blessings for not giving up. I, I sense a prophetic anointing here. If this makes you uncomfortable, get comfortable. Because I want you to hear me. There, there is an anointing. There's a mantle. God's about to shift your life. No, you're, you're, you're about to experience the glory of the risen Christ in you, with you, for you, and through you. There are resources and harvests coming your way. There are open doors coming your way. There is favor coming your way. There is grace upon grace and glory to glory coming your way. Only for the plow. All the plow pushers, lift up your hands. Here it is. Just let me show you. This, is, this really happened. Watch this. Watch this. He, he placed his mantle across his shoulders. The moment he placed his mantle across, the Bible says, read it, he let go of the plow. You're about to let go of your plow. 
you're about to let go of the plow. Because some of us, there's a season to push the plow and a season to carry the mantle. I sense God here. Can I get the musicians up here? Unless they're union workers, I don't want to offend their contracts. Can they come up here real quick, the musicians? Unless they were raptured too and in their, whatever. You can't do both. I'm just reading the book. You can't do both. You can't push the plow and carry the mantle. There's a season to push the plow. And the plow, is, it's, it's that season where, in full disclosure, there are moments that you push the plow and then there are moments the plow pushes you. There are moments, I remember one time I, I looked at God and I was going through the most difficult season of my life and in the context of this message, right about one something in the morning, I told God, I'm done with this, I am done. Not with you and not with salvation. We're talking about calling and the, that. And I, when I'm done pushing, I'm done. Tomorrow I'm starting a brand new, I'm gonna apply, new career, new everything, and I'm, I'm just done. And I said, I'm done, I'm done. I promise you, God, so help me you. I'm done with this. Wake up the next morning and the same guy who said, I'm done pushing the plow, got up and continued to push the plow. You know why I got up? It has nothing to do with my cultural heritage, my inclination. It has nothing to do with my resilience, fortitude, wherewithal, acumen, none of that. Real simple. The same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. All the plow pushers, lift up your hands. You've been pushing the plow in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your calling, in your generation. So I've, I've traveled from California for this conference to tell you it is 8.27 p.m. 8.27 p.m. on a Thursday evening. You need to mark this day in your life because every plow pusher here, you know who you are. This is, the, this is the last day. Was Elisha ever known as the plow pusher? He was always known as the one who inherited. You will not be defined by what you've been pushing. You will be defined by what you carry from heaven. So here it is at 8.28 p.m., you're about to let go of your plow and you're about to receive a mantle of anointing that will change your life forevermore. And your children will not even inherit your plow. Your children and your children's children and your children's children's children will inherit your mantles. If this message is for you, now give God the best shout of praise you've given him this entire season. If you're ready for your mantle, lift up your hands. If you're ready to let go of your plow, if you're ready to let go of your plow. All right. Pastor Mike, Pastor Lisa, coming up here. Jurgen, you're going to help me. Each of you grab one handle. You're going to help me. You're going to be on this side. You guys have been pushing the plow for years. You've been breaking ground 
on good days and bad days, on sunny days and rainy days, on days where people are not even privy, not even privy. They think they know, they don't know. Yeah. On the hardest of days, on days where just you've been pushing the plow, my assignment from heaven is to tell you there is a mantle of authority and anointing descending upon you now that will shift your ministry forevermore. Matter of fact, here's the word. This is going to sound different. What you've seen this far, what you've seen this far, I know it's going to sound ridiculous and it's not to be offensive. All these years, it was actually a rehearsal. You haven't seen anything yet. This is, matter of fact, your second harvest will be greater than the first harvest God has already given you. There is a man, I sense God. There is a mantle of influence and holy authority. There is a mantle to convene. God has anointed you to convene. Pastors in Hawaii will come together. Hawaii will become a state of righteousness and justice, of truth and love. The power of God is about to hit these islands like these islands have never seen before. You are the tip of the spear.